The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500. The following is a presentation of Financial Crisis Recovery. Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management. Peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions, but there is a way to achieve it. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to find out how to cover your assets. Cover your assets. Now, here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength, Todd Rooker. Good morning, everybody. I'm got a, I think I've got a good show for you this morning. Uh, I don't know if you heard me on the way out with Jason and Mike, uh, but our show today is going to be about wills and trusts. And of course, does that relate to real estate? Well, most certainly it does. As a matter of fact, it relates to every asset. And uh, we're going to be joined by attorney Jeffy, Jesse Griffin, who is an estate planning elder law attorney. And uh we're going to be talking with him about, you know, some of the things that you want to consider and be concerned with. And I have uh, what I would say, well, let me let me be brutally honest, an enormity of experience with wills and trusts. I started years and years ago, a good friend of mine, uh, maybe you have heard this on the show, uh, I was... Uh, uh, he and I got together one night, drank too many beers, and he decided while I was in the military, he went on to law school, and he would be the estate planning attorney. I would be the financial advisor, and we would do estate planning at a time when generational tax was a major issue, certainly as compared with today, where you were going to lose a whole lot of your estate to tax liability, and that means really your heirs were going to. And we just thought both being from a small town in northern Minnesota, both farm families, thought that that would just be an outstanding area that we could thrive in, given our experience and and uh, our backgrounds. Well, uh, when we went to talk to the family farmers, whom we knew and were familiar with, we found out very quickly those farmers weren't interested in talking about generational tax. They wanted to know how to go to war with the banks that were liquidating their family farms and their equipment in their front yards. That was the farm crisis of the mid-1980s. Now, to be fair with you, it really wasn't the banks, but it was the pressure that the banks were under to further collateralize those assets or to uh, to dispose of those toxic assets uh, on loans that were either non-performing or under collateralized. And that's what happens when the value of assets goes down uh, too quickly. They're under collateralized, and now the bank examiners who, who, who represent the numbers that you must hold to be able to have savings and depositor accounts insured and to make you a strong and highly rated bank, they come in and say, your assets are undervalued that collateralize your loans, and you need to call these, these borrowers in and further collateralize these loans. And if they don't have more collateral or they're unwilling to do it, then you need to call these notes. And that means those people have to perform and pay that money back post-haste. And many of those loans are not personal loans. They're business loans. And a business loan can be called due for any material change in a person's financial life or a business's financial life. So, wow. I learned very hard and very quickly how trusts 
and estates work when there's litigation and what you lose and what you keep. And uh, that is what our really what our topic is about today, how to avoid that. So with that, Jesse, at that long dissertation here, did you get to hear what I just said? I did. Yeah. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. Good morning. And hopefully you don't have a radio on in the background, do you? I do not. No. Very good. <laughs> or we'll get a severe echo. You sound great. So, <clears throat> Jesse, this is this is your primary focus, right? Elder law and estate planning, correct? Yes. Very good. So, so, uh, and, and, uh, just quickly, folks, his phone number is 763 406 7000. If you don't have a pen, grab one, write it down. 763 406 7000. Now, Jesse, I didn't ask you this, but I'm going to kind of assume can someone come to you and get a, a free consult and analysis as to whether or not they need a will and or a trust and how they would go about that and some of those costs? Can they call you up and do that or do they have to commit to a, a retainer and pay you to come and do that? No, absolutely. We do a, a free consult with all of our estate planning clients. Absolutely. Um, so they'll, they'll come in, we'll sit down, look at their situation, <laughs> all the uniqueness of their assets, and, and we can talk about what are good planning tools for them. And um, at the end of that meeting, I'll, I'll let them know what that would cost going forward. And if they want to say, great, I, I don't want to move forward, they don't have to, and there's no pressure. That's fantastic. Right. So I, I want to tell you, uh, folks, a little bit about uh, my experience with this. And I, and I'm really not, again, not being coy here. It is somewhat vast, but, you know, I've got, I'm old. So that's the way that goes. Uh, when I was in the military, I had a lot of friends. Um who, you know, had just re-enlisted, gotten their big re-enlistment bonus, which was a lot of money at that time, probably still is. And these were certainly, uh, some of these people were special operators that I'm talking about. So their re-enlistment bonus was significant. Well, you know, they got married, they bought a house, they had just, uh, wife had just delivered a toddler, and they were going into harm's way regularly and had not only did they did they not have a trust they didn't even have a will a lot of you out there don't have one either of them for the same reason for fear that if you talk about it think about it do anything you will bring on the problems more quickly as though it's a bad omen (laughs) well let me just tell you something folks that's nonsense that's absolute nonsense and so today we're going to go through what a will is and how useful or useless it can be in uh, certain circumstances. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have it. But then we should talk about, and we will, uh, why someone should probably, in addition to their will, have take another step farther and be concerned with, uh, with a trust. Everybody works hard for their money. And, you know, it's oftentimes I hear people say, well, I don't need to, I don't care if I leave my kids anything. Well, look, I'm all for, you know, spending your kids inheritance. So I don't have any problem with that at all. But here's what I will say. If I ask you, do you want to give the money to the government or do you want to give it to your heirs? I suspect for most of you, it'll take two seconds to say, well, I guess I'd rather give it to my family. Well, then that's one of the reasons you want to do this. And just remember something. Our government, governments federal government, state government, they're thirsty. 
And they can always use more money, and they're happy to take it. So unless you take certain moves and steps, you're going to be giving away an inordinate amount or certainly a larger amount than you otherwise would have had you done advanced planning. And this is really what it's all about. So I'm trying to kind of bang in the in the head here and say, listen carefully to what we're about to talk about. So, Jesse, why does somebody need a will? Yeah, so you, you mentioned one of the biggest reasons why you would need a will, and that is um, if you have kids, minor kids, um, in a will, you can you can let the court know who you would want to be the become the guardians of those children. Um, and that's one of the, the biggest reasons everyone who has kids should have a will. Um, you can also dictate in the will who would be in charge of the process in general, who's going to be your personal representative, and manage the process if something happens to you and you pass away. So just having control over who you're naming and, and what's going on is the biggest reason to have a will. All right. All right. So how do I create a will? Yep. So in, in Minnesota, a will um, needs to be um, uh, written in, in either written or typed, um, and you sign it and have some witnesses. Um, those are kind of the, the, the criteria needed to create a will. Um, but I would definitely recommend talking to uh, an attorney or, or a professional in this area because I see all the time people try to create their own wills and, and they don't do a good job. They, they pull something off the Internet. Um, and it's not, <laughs> not, not, um, I had one situation where someone went online to find a will and they went to this website and they punched everything in, got a will out. Well, it turns out it was a Montana will because they just hit M O rather than M N and, and uh, it had provisions for Montana and didn't apply to them at all. And I see that sort of thing all the time when people try to, to go it out, go it out, go it out on their own. So, so can, but I would recommend getting an attorney involved. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, so, so first of all, folks, if you listen to what he just said and, and forgive me, I'm always going to be doing, going back to make certain we have clarity here. What, he, what Jesse just said is, Forget about the fact that, hey, I don't need a will because I don't have assets. If you have kids and you're concerned with what happens to your children after your death, untimely as it may be, you should have or consider very strongly having a will. That in and of itself is a pretty big deal. The other thing that I'll say about a will, because people are cheap and thrifty. <laughs> they're brought up believing they're going to cheap their way, thrift their way into wealth and financial success. And I got to tell you, I'm aware that a lot of people think that. And I'm going to tell you that I disagree completely. But whatever. There are times when you're always trying to get the best value for your dollar. I won't dispute that. But when it comes to things as substantial and significant as this. You don't mess around. I can't even begin to tell you the number of folks who have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because they were unwilling to spend a few hundred bucks, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks to get a will or two or three thousand dollars to get a trust because they have this thrifty mentality that they can do it on their own. They make ridiculously juvenile mistakes. Because they don't know any better and they're just trying to save money because isn't that the smart thing to do? 
and then they mess it up. Of course, they don't know that until they're gone, and they never do know, but their heirs live it for the rest of their lives. So this is not an area where you are cheap and thrifty. This is an area where you are intelligent, and you think carefully about what you do, and you enlist the help of professionals who do it every single day. So when it comes to a will, I've heard people talk, Jesse, that you could just, you know what, you could just write your will on a napkin in a bar, and you're good, pretty much. So what do you think about that? Uh, so, again, technically, <laughs> yes. Um, I actually just just had a case this last year where we were litigating a will that was done on a paper plate. Um, and in the end, the court did accept it, but there was a lot of fighting and a lot of um, extra attorney's fees that went along with arguing over whether this paper plate constituted a real will. So it's it's technically, yes, you can make a valid will on a paper plate or a napkin, but it's going to be extra burdens, extra headaches for your heirs, your kids going through it after you pass away. And, and Jesse, that's not unique. There's there's high, you know, high income, high level, high visibility people, actors, athletes who do exactly what you talked about all the time, aren't there? Well, yeah, that's the thing with this case that I'm, I'm mentioning with the paper plate. This guy had a decent amount of assets, and he's he scribbled it down on a paper plate thinking he was dying soon, but he lived another four years, and in that time could have easily gotten a, a more legitimate will put together, but didn't, and so we were litigating this paper plate will. <laughs> so I want to add something else to this which is that the paper plate will is a great jumping off point to say, what happens if nobody can find the paper plate, folks? Uh, when you create a will, number one, you should be giving copies of that will. So you don't make one copy on a paper plate, and it's pretty hard to Xerox your paper plate <laughs> um, or not. Um, but you should have a disinterested party who has a copy of that will. That means someone who will come forth who has nothing to gain and nothing to lose because that is often looked upon as the most valid will because nobody's got an ax to grind and there's some value in that when it comes to litigation. <clears throat> the other thing uh, about this is that you should, and this is personal experience, you should tell people what you're doing. You should give a copy. I hear so often, Jesse, let them deal with it when I'm gone. They'll do this thing and then they just have this notion of people sitting around a table reading the will and being flabbergasted with what went on. I got news for you, folks. It's a terrible idea. I have seen, uh, I've been in, in the reading of wills where the assets were equally divided, the major assets, but one person, this is a true story, by the way, one of the sisters is a seamstress in her part-time gig. She stays home with the kids, husband works, but she's got her own little business where she does sewing. Well, mom had an old Singer sewing machine that she, that she uh, was going to bequeath to her, to her children, and she gave it to the daughter who was not the seamstress. Well, I expect maybe she thought that what good would that do to someone who's actually, you know, in this, you know, commercial, you know, sewing and she gave it to the other daughter. Well, let me just tell you this. It created a rift. And those those gals, as far as I know, almost 30 years now have never talked as a result of that. They got they each got what they were supposed to get in the form of real value. Uh, in, you know, they're, they're, they're one fourth of the will. That wasn't the issue. It was the issue that mom 
didn't explain why she gave this sewing machine to a daughter who expected because she was in the business, she should get it. And it created a rift between those two daughters, something that I'm certain mom never wanted to do. And I saw the exact same thing happen with a shotgun. So let me tell you what. This notion of let them deal with it when I'm gone is a really stupid plan. Better to show them what you're doing, give them a copy of it, and then have the opportunity to explain why. And if you need to vet it and you need to make a change because somebody's feelings are really hurt or somebody has different ideas, well, then you can deal with it when you're still there to explain it. What do you think about that, Jesse? 100% agree. I hear that exact same thing all the time. This is this will be their problem. Let them deal with it. Or my kids get along great. They'll understand everything. And it's there's nothing better than hearing it directly from you that this is your intent. This is what you want. And it smooths so many things over. Um, I hear so often, you know, siblings will be like, well, this is what mom wants. And the other one will be like, no, this is what mom told me she wants. And now we're fighting over what mom's intent was in the first place, let alone why she did what she did. So just sit down with the kids and let them know this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. And then, like you said, yeah, if they have any issues with that, you can correct them while you still are able to correct them. Uh, it, it it stops the fighting long before it could happen. It, it's or, so big, you know? Yeah. It just is so big. So, you know, now, now let's talk, folks, a little bit about what a will is not. Because one of the challenges that people tend to believe is that a will satisfies everything. And let me just be the first to tell you, if you don't know, it does not. Um, when you when you go beyond a will, you're typically going into a trust, revocable, irrevocable. Many, many, many different types of trust typically come down in one of two ways, revocable or non-revocable. But the main thing is that if you don't do that, then your assets will travel through a process known as probate. We're going to talk about that. That's where somebody else, an attorney, a probate attorney, who charges substantial dollars, will go through and try to figure out what you want in that will. Meaning, what did you mean? And I know that sounds ridiculous. Of course they understand. No, they don't. In 30 plus years of working with people and their money and finances and businesses, let me just guarantee you, I can have two people in my office just did yesterday and I can say something and two people will walk out my door having a completely different perception of what I just said. So remember that when a probate attorney or anybody else for that matter is reading a will, you're relying on the fact that they're going to know which they don't know you, what you meant and what you wanted. And there's one of the shortfalls of simply having a will and no more. What do you think about that? Yeah, 100% agree. This is one of the biggest misconceptions I have in my practice here. People say, oh, I have a will. My stuff won't go through probate. And that's exactly the opposite. A will is just instructions for the probate court on how you want your assets divvied up. So if you have a will, I like to say, if you have a will, it will go through probate. That's what wills do. And and folks, the primary goal of probate is to pay all your creditors before any of those assets are distributed. And those creditors could be government in the form of taxes, could be your credit cards, could be, you know, anybody and everybody who comes forward who is owed money and can validate it. 
and then your heirs get the rest. But remember, that's all being done at a considerable hourly cost because the probate attorney is now uh, charging the estate to do that work. But there's even more than that. The fact is, if the probate attorney is going to dispose of these assets in the form of a sale, that means that those assets very well will bring substantially less than they otherwise would have. I'll just give it, I'll give it to you this way. If you drive by a bank and you see a car stuck in the bank parking lot for two weeks, don't you pretty much realize that that vehicle has been repossessed by the bank? And if you were interested in it, would you ever consider paying full price for it? And guess what? There are people who are scouring the, the, the obituaries and anything, government records, anything and everything else to find people whom have died recently because they know that their heirs are going to sell those assets generally for less money than what they're worth because they don't want to put the time in because they don't know any better because it's a distress sale and they need the money fast for other reasons. And guess what? When you go through probate, the possibility of that happening, the assets that you believe were worth X number of dollars become a totally different number as a result of that probate process. Is that Have I characterized that properly, Jesse? You have, yes. Um, I, the, the three big downfalls to probate are it's really expensive. You talked about that. Um, the average probate, and I'm talking about a completely uncontested situation. Everyone agrees what should be happening. Four to $8,000 um, when the process is done in attorney's fees and court costs and filing fees and all that. And this is, like I said, a situation where everyone agrees 100% what should happen. It's a long process, um, 12 to 18 months to go through the full the full court process. Um, and then it's a public process, like you mentioned. I get letters every day of companies wanting to, oh, we'll, we'll buy the house as is, let us know. Like they, like you said, they scour the records and look for these, these situations and, and they try to capitalize and, and, and make a margin off of it because like like you hinted people will just try and sell the house to get it sold and they're not trying to maximize value and, and they and they do and they succeed at it and moreover Jesse you and I both know many probate processes that have been in the tens of thousands of dollars and God forbid even sometimes more than that. and and the whole public thing you know if you're a private person you don't want anybody to know what you got well guess what? You know, so there that alone might be the reason to drive you to having a trust just simply for the anonymity that it might benefit you from. But there's a lot more. So uh, we talked about the different types of trusts and, and what someone gets them for. I mean, for the most part, it's people do it. The reason they do it is they try to minimize tax liability. They obviously try to avoid probate. They also are concerned oftentimes with, with uh, spend down for, for nursing home care. And, and then there's the other things like, you know, selling the assets and having adequate time, having the assets go directly to the heirs and not through the, pro- the probate process at all. They go right to the, you are the, you are the trustee of your own living trust, if that's the one that you choose to do. And if it's a transfer upon death trust, when you die, it goes to the successor trustee and then you'll have another one should that one not be around. And then they distribute the air. So it voids that probate altogether and gives them the time to do it in, in, with reasonableness so that they can get more money. 
So, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about those trusts with attorney Jesse Griffin. Jesse's phone number is 763-406-7000 and his email address is jesse.griffin, J-E-S-S-E dot G-R-I-F-F-I-N at Bolthofer, Hofer, forgive me, Bolthofer, B-O-L-T-H-O-F-F-E-R dot com. Give him a call, shoot him an email. You're thinking about this? Make this the catalyst. Do it now. We'll be right back. Great Waters Financial specializes in helping you retire comfortably. When it comes to seeking retirement guidance, you don't need a salesman. You need an ally. Great Waters Financial doesn't have a hidden agenda. Their professionals at Great Waters Financial focus on what matters, your financial peace. Start planning for your future now and make your money work for you. Great Waters Financial is the official financial planning service of Cover Your Assets. For more information, call 612-360-2127 or go to greatwatersfinancial.com. Commercial real estate. If you're looking to lease, purchase, or sell commercial real estate, working with the right team is everything. Metro East Commercial Real Estate is the name to know. John and Ann Whitcomb, along with their team, have over 35 years' experience. They have the knowledge and skill to represent and guide you every step of the way. Whether you're a seasoned professional real estate investor, a business owner, or possibly would just like to learn and gain knowledge to get involved in commercial real estate investing, Metro East Commercial Real Estate should be your first call. You can find them on the web by going to metroeastcre.com, that's M-E-T-R-O-E-A-S-T-C-R-E.com, or by calling them at 651-351-5005. Again, that number, 651-351-5005. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience. Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Did your employer make you sign a promissory note when joining the company and now you want to leave but you're afraid your firm will pursue you personally for that debt? This is Jesse Keyboard from the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. I recently represented a client who had signed such a note and I was able to get them out of their $500,000 debt to their company which allowed them the freedom to exit a bad employment situation and enter a much better one. Meeting our clients' objectives is our focus at Parker Daniels Keyboard. 
and in this regard, we win. Our experienced trial team of lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country and through arbitration. We have the legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, shareholder disputes, financial transactions, security issues, and appeals. For wise counsel winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Wise counsel, winning results. Go to parkerdk.com. He can lift a bus straight over his head. He can fly around the world in seconds. And he has the power to regenerate entire limbs. Okay, so Jason Walgrave isn't actually a superhero. But once you visit his website to find out what he knows about real estate, you may start to think he's superhuman. That's because at JasonWalgrave.com, you'll find absolutely anything you need to know about real estate in the Twin Cities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, check out JasonWalgrave.com, the number one place for all your real estate questions. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP Smart Side Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate, 877-SMA-TODAY, or go online to SMA2DAY.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. We are discussing wills and trusts. I hope you're enjoying this. This is uh, meant to be educational. Hopefully, we're not leaving anybody behind. And this is uh, easily understood by all. Um, we talked about wills. We've talked about a little bit, ventured into, dipped our toe into the trust. So, Jesse, why don't you describe, when you're talking to a client, how you explain and bridge that gap as to why they might consider a trust beyond a simple will. No, go ahead. started talking about some of the the main points, and and that is a will is going to subject your heirs to going through probate. You put all those assets that you own into a trust, and the trust can have kind of all the same rules you'd put in a trust. I want to split it up 50-50 to my kids, and I want my... You know, sewing machine to go to this daughter, X, Y, and Z, put that all in the trust, but your trustee can manage it, distribute those assets out, sell the house, do all that stuff without ever having to bother going through court. And so right across the board, that's that's the biggest reason to, to have a trust is to avoid all the issues with, with probate and everything else. 
And and folks, if you're if you're conceptualizing what this is, just imagine that uh, uh, a trust is a vessel that holds your assets. So, you know, if you think about your your wills, the assets you're describing, the assets that you have own, uh, they're being poured into uh, into a trust that is a vessel holding them. Uh, or and that's you know that is your estate overall, uh, and and of course th- there is actually something called a uh, pour over will, and it, the the premise is just simply that there if you forget anything in your will, it's going to automatically pour it back into your trust. But the trust is the vessel that holds those things, and that's the thing that of uh, that avoids probate. It's a huge issue. It's a huge issue, but. There's also, as we described just prior to the break, there are many different types of trust, but let's get back to the point that there's really two major differences. One is revocable and one is irrevocable. Now, the significance of that is that one gives you control during your lifetime and the other, you give up control. And I've heard many people say, and Jesse certainly can attest to this, hey, I love my kids, I love my heirs, but I don't trust them that much. <laughs> In other words, yeah. as I get older, I I want control. I don't want them to be able to tell me what I can and can't do with my stuff. But there's a problem with that. And so when I talked about doing this work during the farm crisis, the number of people who believe that having a trust avoids Creditors, judgment creditors, those who would sue you for predatory lawsuits, for creditors, maybe if a business goes bad, if a bank calls a note, um, just you get into a car accident. Well, guess what, Jesse? How does how does a revocable trust work in those instances? Yeah, so a, a revocable trust is is not a way we can avoid creditors. Um, they still are entitled to, to be paid for any valid debts that that you owe on your death. Um, but it does, again, simplify the process. We're not talking about them entering it into to a probate filing and then having their attorneys show up at court and, and validate their debt. It's, they call the trustee, and the trustee can, can handle taking care of that claim, usually pay it, um, usually can settle it for less than the value um, and it's just a smoother process for them trying to deal with creditors when it's just one trustee and we're not talking about court processes and, and filings from attorneys representing the creditors and all this and that. So and, and can't avoid it completely, but it does smooth the, smooth the process over. Well, and Jesse, let me tell you, in my experience, very few uh, estate planning attorneys make a, a much effort to dissuade someone from doing a revocable versus an irrevocable trust with any assets. And I find that to be a big problem, given my experience, Jesse, because there's so many assets where someone could put those assets into an irrevocable trust or a non-revocable trust. They could enjoy the benefits of those assets, but not retain ownership, and then they would be protected. Now, of course, there's there's other issues besides that, but I found that rarely is a is a estate planning attorney 
prepared to defend any of these assets against judgment creditors. They don't consider in great measure true asset protection other than the things that we talked about, you know, uh, uh, minimizing tax liability and avoiding probate. They're really not that conscious of those things because, frankly, most of you consumers are not. And, of course, you come to them. You're paying them, but they're, it's not their job to tell you this. And so I think too often, Jesse, that that is lost when there are assets that in fact could be put into uh, an irrevocable trust and they're not. So have you had some experience with that? Yes. Um, and and the, the big issue, and I think why a lot of attorneys are reticent to recommend these sorts of trusts is, is you do surrender control at that point. If you take assets and put them into an irrevocable trust. Once that irrevocable trust is executed, you no longer have control over it. That's what makes it an irrevocable trust. Um, So there's a lot of downsides to that in in that you surrender any control you would have and the the rules are set in stone. You can't change your mind later. Um, But like you mentioned, it's a a very nice planning tool, um, particularly for for some tax avoidance issues, estate tax liability or, or yeah, potentially creditor liability. You put the assets into a irrevocable trust, and now they're not under your control, so you don't have to use them to, to pay back creditors. Very, very good. So a lot of people whom are listening to this undoubtedly have ascribed to this notion. Why would I pay somebody $3,000 to put my primary asset, my home that's paid for free and clear, into a trust when I can simply convey it and transfer title to my kids. And so many people do that without any great consideration for the things that can happen. And so I want to explain something that's so powerful here, and it has been my experience, and then I'll let Jesse comment on it. And it is that most often when the kids are having financial problems, they don't want anybody to know about it. So I have had parents who have two or three kids. Let's say they've got two kids and they simply transfer the title of their property into their kid's name because they believe that if they do that and five years elapse, used to be three, five years spend down, they get it out of their name for five years. Then if something should happen. Nobody can attach to that if if they were to have an accident in a car, if they were to have a creditor, or maybe even in their minds if they were to have nursing home care, wherein that nursing home care would be would be would be taking that asset and using it to pay for their time that they spent in the nursing home. So they transfer the title. Unbeknownst to them, one of the kids is in financial trouble and files bankruptcy. That child files bankruptcy, and of course they do an asset search to find that the kid's name is now on this property. Now, remember, mom or dad who transferred it no longer has homestead protections, but now the child has this asset in their name, both he and his sister, let's say. Well, the trustee then contends that the son owns 90% and the daughter owns 10%. And the son of course, who's filing bankruptcy says, oh, that's ridiculous. Both of our names are on there. As though, this is what most of you think, that means it's a 50-50 proposition. However, it's not. It's an undivided interest in real property. And when you say that's ridiculous, it's only worth 50%, and the trustee says, I want 90%, and I can liquidate the asset because it is not a homestead property, 
he says, oh, it's 50%. Really? Prove it. And you have nothing to prove it with. And now the negotiation starts at a much higher number than the 50-50 that you thought it was. What do you think about that, Jesse? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, That is a super risky uh, decision to make to just transfer it to the kids. Um, you mentioned that, you know, mom or dad is worried what happens if they get into a car accident. Well, this, the kids could get into a car accident and now that property is in their name and the, that judgment creditor is going to come and attach a lien to that property. And, and you might lose the property because you were trying to protect it, but all you did is subject it to your, your kids creditors and your kids financial situation. And, and that is an important point to make, Jesse, because if the property were homesteaded, and don't get me wrong, you can make the point that, that, it, that mom and dad still live there. But here's the reality. Technically, that property to the outside world looks like it's simply an investment property to you. There is no homestead protection, and the trustee is within their rights to liquidate that property to pay, right? Absolutely, yeah. And And so... One of the big things is you, you surrender control, right? You, you give the, the property over to your kids, and if they wanted to, they could sell it and, and, and leave you kind of out, out in the lurch. But you say, my kids would never do that. Well, sometimes it, it gets out of their hands, too, because if they have a creditor uh, come after them, it could, they, the court could force a sale and, and use that property to pay for the, the creditor. And now, even though your kid would never willingly do that, you your house is being sold and you are not getting the proceeds because it's going to a creditor so um it's it's a really dangerous dangerous way to do uh estate planning is just to directly convey the property during your lifetime to your children i mean if that doesn't communicate the value of having a trust i don't know what else will it is so important now we're going to talk about nursing home care and what the changes in the law uh, that have taken place, as I said earlier, it used to be a three-year spend down. Now it's a five-year spend down. It used to be that that uh, revocable or irrevocable trusts were exempt. And once you got it out of your name, you were okay. There's changes that have taken place that you all need to be aware of and how you might go about trying to accomplish the same thing, if at all. So let's take another break. We're here with Jesse Griffin. Jesse is with the law firm Bolthofer Boyd. His email address is Jesse, J E S S E dot Griffin, G R I F F I N, at Bolthofer, B O L T H O F F E R dot com. And his phone number is 763 406 7000. We will be right back. Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. 
Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Russell Williams Home Services is your go-to company for all your window cleaning, pressure washing, and gutter cleaning needs. Serving the greater Minneapolis metro area since 2007, we have the tools, equipment, and knowledge to properly care for your home or business. We offer competitive, transparent pricing and free on-site or online consultations. Our large workforce allows us to complete even substantial projects, such as apartments, schools, and assisted living complexes in a timely manner, often in a single day. To see our window cleaning pricing structure and a complete list of services we provide, please visit our website at cleanmywindowsnow.com or reach us by phone at 612-423-3059. Do you have enough to retire? Do you even know how much you need to retire? Great Waters Financial specializes in helping people nearing retirement get ready for their next big challenge. Great Waters Financial can help you understand how much you'll need for a comfortable retirement, how long your money will last, and what you need to do now to make sure you can retire the way you want to. You've earned a great retirement. Let the team at Great Waters Financial help you make it happen. Four convenient offices in the Twin Cities. GreatWatersFinancial.com The Lone Ranger and Tonto. Yes. Laurel and Hardy. Oh, yes. Butch and Sundance. That's right. Turner and Hooch. Okay. Tango and Cash. Uh, all right. Starsky okay. and Hutch. Uh, Itchy and Scratchy. Okay. Batman and Robin. Thank you. Got the idea. It's that every superhero needs a sidekick. That's why when Jason Walgrave needs help for his customers, he calls on Mike Overson at Leader One Financial. Find out how to get started on making your plan today at ApplyWithMike.com because He's super. Laverne and Shirley. Exactly. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. 
888-242-0639. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP Smart Side Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate. 877-SMA-TODAY or go online to SMA2DAY.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. We are speaking here with Jesse Griffin, attorney Jeff, Jesse Griffin with Bolt Hoffer Boyd Law Firm. Jesse's phone number 763-406-7000 and his email jesse, J-E-S-S-E dot griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N at bolthoffer, B-O-L-T-H-O-F-F-E-R dot com. We're talking about wills, trusts, estate planning, elder law, and those things. Now, one of the biggest Issues that comes up for a lot of people, one of the major reasons that people uh, uh, want a trust or think they do is that they're trying to avoid uh, nursing home care. And so I'll give you a quick rundown on that in that my grandfather, who owned a farm, had no estate. Now, I'll grant you that the that the laws were different back then, and uh, those same laws don't apply today. But nevertheless, uh he he was involved in a head-on collision. My grandmother was killed on impact. My grandfather was put into Villa St. Vincent Nursing Home and survived and lived through that nursing home for 17 years. Now, I don't think I need to tell you that we're talking about a whole lot of money in cost per year. And just long story short, he had no will. He had no trust. And when, and, and I explained this to him, but of course I was young and a wet behind the ears kid. Why would anybody listen to me? And so there was no protection whatsoever. There was no consideration for spend down or anything else. And he was living in that nursing home and his assets, while they had not been liquidated, the number was being tallied for the cost of that nursing home care. The gentleman who was right next door to him had no assets whatsoever, but was receiving the exact same care. Only difference is that the state was paying for it. Now, some of you are going to say, great, that's the way it should be. And hey, if you feel that way, fair enough. Nevertheless, when my grandfather did invariably pass away, his farm, substantial uh, asset, was now, now went through probate. And as a result, all of the accumulated expenses while in that nursing home were assessed against his asset, and that family farm had virtually no money left when it was over. Had he had an estate, had he put those assets in a, an irrevocable trust that he could have benefited from the farm, could have tromped around and hunted on the farmland, done whatever he wanted, but he wouldn't have actually technically owned it. And in those days, three years, had he done it? That asset would have been completely protected, and I, my sibling and siblings, and his daughter, my mother passed away, would have all still had that farm, and it would be intact. It is gone now as a result of a lack of planning. Now, today, people are still trying to do the same thing. The spend-down rule is five years. However, the same rules that I just described do not apply, and so the question becomes... Is it at all possible to do this? And if it were possible, what would one need to do? So, Jesse, take over from there. Yeah, so that, that planning you talked about, um, it's, it's still a bit in flux, this idea that you can put things into an irrevocable trust um, and they're no longer subject to any um, medical assistance liens or anything like that. 
Um, there, there's a, a, a bit of a county split. Most of the metro area counties have all been going after uh, irrevocable trusts for medical assistance um, payback. And courts have increasingly in Minnesota been um, granting the ability for, for medical assistance to apply uh, to attach liens to property in irrevocable trust. So um, that's why I say it's a, a bit in flux still, because there are some counties, especially in outstate Minnesota, that are still allowing that to happen. Um, so, so that might work, um, especially in the short term here, depending on what county you live in. But um, it's, it's increasingly looking like the, the state of Minnesota at large is, is allowing uh, the counties to get paid back for medical assistance, even from irrevocable trust. Um, but that doesn't mean there isn't some, some planning we can do. Um, you know, change the, the nature and character of assets. There's, there's this thing called a, a qualified medical assistance annuity um, that you can, you can purchase and kind of transition some of your liquid assets into an income stream um, that's not subject to, to MA um, spend down and whatnot. So there are some planning tools available, but um, one thing I have to tell all of my clients when we do an elder law meeting is that there's no silver bullet in this area. You, there's, there's no one tool we can use that's just an automatic kind of get out of jail free card in terms of not having to pay for medical assistance. But that doesn't mean there aren't, aren't tools we use and, and ways we can kind of maximize the assets. But and with that said, but uh, would you agree, Jesse, that if you are not using a trust and if you have not gone beyond the five year spend down, we don't need to waste time worrying about it because now there is no protection. So the point is that you should have a trust. You should try to try to do it as quickly as you can so you can be past that five year spend down rule. And that way, if you have any hope of doing this, at least you're beyond those particular you're, you're past those particular challenges. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yes. All right. And the other thing, folks, that you can do, and this is important, we made the point, or I, I did, and, and Jesse reiterated it, and that is uh, uh, conveying an asset uh, without determining who owns what and dividing that specifically uh, and, and documenting it. Very important, that undivided interest point that I made. So a lot of people will take from this, okay, well, s- screw the trust then. I'll just stick it in somebody's name and then I'll document who owns what percentage, 50-50. 50, 25, 25, whatever. Well, even in those instances, conveying an asset out of your name to avoid paying creditors is problematic. There's an entire set of laws, the Uniform Improper and Fraudulent Conveyances Act, wherein if you've done that within a period of time or you've done it specifically in so much they can see to avoid paying creditors, the court can void that transaction, void that transfer. The other thing is you have to consider reasonable transfer of value or fair and equitable sale and purchase. So you can't simply sell something for no money and no transfer of value to show that there was a real sale that took place. So those are all things that we need to consider when we're attempting to do this. Correct, Jesse? Yep. Yep. There's a lot of, a lot of things just, you know, you mentioned a few there, but other things to consider. And and that's why I definitely recommend you're trying to do some of this planning to get a professional involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, the the point that you want to take points that you want to take away from this is frankly anybody who has any assets or a child should probably have a will. That's literally I don't care if you're 20 years old. It, it makes sense, um, but 
when you have assets and you want anonymity, you want to avoid probate, you, there are a number of reasons justify having a trust and spending the few thousand bucks, three, five, ten thousand, depending on the complexity of your trust, should be a minor consideration as compared with the alternative of not having one should your untimely death uh, take you early, and now these horrible things that we've both experienced happen. So I would recommend highly that you give somebody like Jesse a call. Again, that phone number seven six three four zero six seven thousand, and that email address is Jesse J E S S E dot Griffin at Bolthoffer B O L T H O F F E R dot com, uh, and or hey, look. Give me a call and uh, we can talk about how to position you before you go and see the attorney so that you're fully prepared, you fully understand, and then we can be more efficient and productive when and if you do work with an attorney. Either way, these are things that anybody who is accumulating real estate assets in the form of a real estate investor, anybody who is trying to pay off their home free and clear, so to speak, and wants to leave that to their kids. So many people say, tell their kids, well, at least you're going to get the home. Well, is that true? <laughs> uh, hopefully you understand that that may not necessarily be true. And as I said earlier, I'm all for spending my kids' inheritance before I die because at the end of the day, I worked for it and it's my stuff. Nevertheless, if you give me the decision, do I want the state or federal government to take it or the people whom I love and care for? That's a real simple decision and justifies the cost and the work and education that goes into uh, creating a trust and or a will to avoid some of those challenges that you have. Is there anything you'd like to add to that, Jesse? Uh, no, I think you, I think you hit the main <laughs> points there. Um, I hope, I hope it was educational for your listeners. Well, very good. Very good. And Jesse, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hope this proves helpful. And, uh, hey, keep pressing. Keep pressing, everybody. Bye bye. I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. This has been a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500.